This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, praise the Lord and welcome back to everybody. Um, it's a privilege for me to be teaching this weekend, a two-part series. I really hope this morning's folks came back tonight. And for those of you that are joining us only this evening, I really want to encourage you to go and listen to this morning's message in order to get the context of what I'm going to speak, be speaking about tonight. Now, tonight's all good news and that's great. But as I explained this morning, we're kind of doing a diagnosis from the Word of God about where we currently find ourselves in this world. And then once we've got the diagnosis through God's Word, we're going to be dealing with the solution or the treatment. And that's what I started focusing on this morning. And I'm going to continue and complete this evening. Praise the Lord. So we found out this morning, looking at Luke chapter 17, verses 26 to 30, that as it was in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, so it's going to be like in our time. In actual fact, I read a post today that was quite apt, and the post said this. It says, what's happening today would come as no surprise if only we read our Bibles. What's happening today would come as no surprise to any Christian if only we read our Bibles. And so we found out that the world is in the situation it's in, and God knew about it thousands of years ago, and He wrote about it. And so we looked at five key features. Then we went to Matthew 24, where Jesus said that nation, which in Greek is ethnos, that in the last days, ethnic groups will rise against ethnic groups, which explains why we see this ethnic conflict that we have around the world, why racism is on the increase. Jesus said it would happen. Then in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 5, Jesus assured us, he said, know this, that perilous times are coming. We saw that the word perilous in Greek means actually exceedingly fierce. For those of you that are only watching tonight, I bet you're thinking to yourself, Phew, I'm glad I missed this morning's message. But listen, you really have to go back and just listen to the message to get context, okay? We're going, we're going somewhere with this. And then we continue to take a look at these scriptures and how relevant they are for us today, specifically in the sense that people have become lovers of self, they become lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, and not lovers of God, and how this has even crept into the church world. I spoke this morning about how many people are praying fervently to push back the darkness, to push back the establishment of the Antichrist kingdom, but I question many of their motives. Because the Bible says in James, you do not have because you ask with the wrong motive that you may spend it on your own lusts. I think a lot of the reason why people are praying to push back the Satan's kingdom is because they don't want to give up their convenient lifestyle. They don't want to be inconvenienced. They don't want to lose assets. They just, they just want their life to return back to normal. And that cannot be the driver behind our prayers to stave off what is taking place in the world right now. We found out in the book of Matthew chapter six, the Lord says, when he's teaching the disciples in the church the Lord's Prayer, he says, it says in the, in the second portion of the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Our focus beyond our prayer should be the establishment of God's kingdom on the earth. It's the first aspect of petition in that prayer. So we looked at that quite, we, we, we broke that down quite a bit. And then we found out that in order for this to see this happen, that we need to trust in God's counsel. I ministered briefly to the young people of today and assured them, as I'm assuring the church, that as long as we depend on the counsel of God, first and foremost, that we don't get our counsel from secular thinkers, from friends or science, because no one has lived through a pandemic except the Lord. He's eternal. 
He's lived through 2012, that if our trust and our faith and our hope is in Him, and if we read what He says about what we should be doing right now, that we will be as secure as His kingdom will. We took a look at that, getting back to the kingdom in Matthew chapter 6, and this is just a brief recap. I'm throwing a few things out there to drive those who are only joining us tonight to go and watch this morning's message. So Matthew 6 verse 10 says, Jesus says, our prayer to the Father should be this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Two things, kingdom and will. We found out that God's first priority should be that the kingdom of God be established here on the earth through his son, Jesus Christ. We found out this morning that this earth has absolutely no hope apart from Jesus. And then we went to this very interesting portion of scripture in Hebrews 12 and verse 25. And that's where I'm gonna pick up my message and conclude for this evening. So let's take a look and open with me. If you have your Bibles with you, you're gonna to want to see this. It tells us in Hebrews 2 verse 25, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him, who spoke on the earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Verse 26, whose voice then shook the earth, but now has promised saying yet once more, I shake, focus on the word shake, yet once more I shake, not only the earth, but the heavens. How many of you will agree that there is a whole lot of shaking going on right now in the world that we live in? The kingdoms that have been established by men, by politicians, by banking, by banking institutions, by financiers. All of these kingdoms are currently being shaken. We're aware of that. And many Christians who have their eyes on what this world has to offer are equally being shaken right now. I'm amazed to see how many believers who love the Lord are living in fear, not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. Hey, you don't need to know what's gonna to happen tomorrow. You just need to know who's in tomorrow. And the Lord is already there. Fear not, don't be anxious, God's got this. Now there is a responsibility on our part, granted, and I'm gonna be getting into that tonight. But over here, the Bible says in 12 verse 26, it says, yet once again, yet once more, I shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. Verse 27, now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. Notice that? the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, not created. God is talking about shaking institutions, shaking kingdoms that are man-made, okay? As of things that are made, that, here is the purpose, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. God is doing His best work in the world right now. He's demonstrating to the entire earth that everything you have planned means nothing. The only thing that matters is my kingdom and it is eternal. The thousands of years of prayers offered by the saints saying, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As those words are being spoken, God is busy doing something. Verse 28 says the following, Therefore, since we, the children of God, are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. I want you to notice this. 
Over here, the writer of Hebrews says, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve. You see, it's one thing to pray for the kingdom of God to be established on this earth, in your home and in your life. But the truth is, if you are not serving God, what it says in that verse, by which we may serve God, accepted with reverence and godly fear. If you are not serving and living for the things of the kingdom, it's pointless you praying for it. It's time we step into the kingdom in every five dimensions, in all five dimensions. And I'm talking about spiritually, emotionally, socially, physically, and financially. All five of those spheres. You see the reason the Bible tells us there clearly that God is permitting a worldwide shaking in politics, markets, medicine, families, and even the church is in order to reveal to the world and the church the things which cannot be shaken. And that is the kingdom of God. If you can imagine an earthquake flattening every single building that was made by corrupt builders who took shortcuts, but one building stands, a building that the man obeyed the principles, what was required. He laid the solid foundation. Let me tell you, in all said and done, that building that's standing in the middle of all the rubble is going to be the kingdom of God. And hallelujah, <laughs> hallelujah, we are in the kingdom. Amen. We are in the kingdom. You see, everything that we see today can be divided into one of two categories. Those things that can be shaken and those things that cannot all the world sees right now is everything being shaken and, being, and become completely destabilized. Now this concern begs the question, wherein lies our hope as believers? In whom do we trust? What kingdom is of greater concern to us? How kingdom-minded are we? And you can do a very easy litmus test to be able to assess how entrenched in the kingdom of God you are. Are you a visitor or are you a citizen? Because you see, it's possible to live in the kingdom in one state, but outside of the kingdom in another. You could be enjoying perfect health, believing God for health in your body, that God's healing power continually throws through you, but you could be living poor, which means that in the kingdom, you have a kingdom mindset concerning your healing and the promises of God, but concerning finances, you're just not obeying the Lord. And so you healthy, but poor. Or you could be wealthy, obeying God's principles and finances, but not obeying what the Lord says with regards to your health, looking after yourself, eating properly. So you could be wealthy and ill. So it's possible to live in the kingdom in one, in one dimension and not in the other. So the question I want us to look through, and I'm going to run through this very quickly today. Let's ascertain how deeply entrenched we are in this kingdom that God says is not and never will be shaken. I don't know about you, but I want to know my citizenship is secure. So firstly, let's take a look at it spiritually. And I'm not just talking about are we saved. I'm talking about are we part of the local church that Jesus died for? He is the head of the church. Remember somebody came to him and said, I want to be your disciple. He says, the birds of the air have nests and foxes have holes, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Jesus was meaning I've not died yet. I've not redeemed people. Therefore, there is no church that I can be the head of. But guess what? After Pentecost, the church was birthed and the church meant people coming together. As important as what I think online church is right now, I don't believe that's the will of God for us. And I'm saying to you folks out there that the moment these doors open and we're allowed, you should be running to be part of the church. I've heard people say to me, but Pastor Andre, I can do church from home. Is it? 
My pinky doesn't stay at home when I come to church. My organs in my body are dependent on one another, not independent. In actual fact, my head can't go anywhere alone. And Jesus being the head of the body can do nothing without the church. So when we talk about being in the kingdom, how kingdom-minded and how are you participating? Remember it said, a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us serve God with reverent fear, Hebrews says. I'm amazed at how many people take their job so unimportantly. They brush it off. Let me tell you, God says if you're going to serve, serve him with fear. We're talking about the kind of person that's not going to be shaken in these end times. And I'm saying to you now, your service is what will protect you in these end times. Why? Because your service demonstrates not only you're praying kingdom come, you're saying, Lord, I'm in it. I'm in the kingdom. I'm participating. I'm not here in word. I'm here in deed. And even though nobody sees what I'm doing, I'm doing it for you and I will do it reverently, fearfully, knowing that this is important to you, even if it's not important to anyone else. Can I get an amen? You know, it's interesting to notice in the book of Revelation, John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos, that he wrote seven letters to seven different churches. Actually, Jesus wrote those letters through John to the seven churches, Tyathira, um, Pergamum, Ephesus, Sardis. All those instructions of what would happen in the end times was written to the church, the body of Christ. What do you think is gonna happen to those people that are not in the church, that are at home with their arms crossed saying, I'll, I'll do church? on my couch, on my sofa. What sort of message, if you're not, listen, if you're not in the church, are you gonna hear from the Lord in the end times? Jesus didn't tell John, listen, write a letter to all those who've been absent for six months. They don't think attending church is important anymore because they, after all, they've also got to get the, are you getting what I'm saying, folks? So when we talk about being kingdom-minded and praying God's kingdom come to earth, where are we at spiritually, firstly? Secondly, physically. I'm not just talking about eating and exercising, but I'm talking about do we focus on the fact that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Ghost, that you are an ambassador of heaven, that where you go, the Holy Spirit goes. He lives in you. And the way you carry yourself, and the way we adorn ourselves should speak kingdom, not the kingdoms of this world. Before you leave the home, young people, young girls, young boys, do yourself a favor and ask someone spiritual. As I stand before you today, do people see flesh or do they see kingdom? Do they see the kingdom of this world or do they see the kingdom of God? It's amazing to me how some people are inappropriately dressed for church to get the attention of the kingdoms of this world that the Bible says are currently now being shaken. How do you adorn yourselves? Let's not confuse worldly people. Let's dress modestly, just like the Bible says. Now, if I know you were here, you'd be saying amen. So I'm just assuming you're amening on the stream. So how are we doing spiritually? How are we doing physically, emotionally? How kingdom-minded are we emotionally? How entrenched are we in the kingdom of God that we've been praying comes to earth emotionally? I'm not just talking about being happy. I'm talking about choosing joy. Can you walk around regardless of what's happening around you with a smile on your face, choosing joy? There may be a storm inside of you, but you don't let what happened, what's happening inside of you come out of you. And you certainly don't let what's happening around you come inside of you. 
Do you walk into a group of people smiling and people saying, have you seen what's going on? Yeah, but I'm not of this world. I've been translated, my Bible says, out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I tell you what, guys, Jesus is in charge and I choose joy. During this time, will you with me? Will you choose joy? Then fourthly, socially, Again, we're talking about how deeply entrenched are we in the kingdom. Socially, it's not just about who you keep company with when someone's watching. Who do you keep company with when no one's watching? Late at night in front of your computer, secret WhatsApp contacts. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about what you do in secret is really who you are, not what you do in the public. So let me ask you this, how, how are we doing socially? Are we making sure socially that we are guarded, that we are protected, that we are accountable to the Lord, knowing that He sees and knows everything? And then finally, financially, we're looking at these five different spheres, different aspects of how deeply entrenched in the kingdom are we? Because ultimately, the kingdom of God is not going to be shaken and I want to know that all five dimensions of where I live are all rooted in God's kingdom because then not one of them are going to be shaken while the shaking is going on. So how are we doing financially? And I'm not just talking about giving the occasional seed and helping someone in need. Are you tithing? Are you a covenant family member of God that has the extension of God's kingdom as one of your major concerns. Are you a partner in the gospel? You see, don't be deceived, folks, into thinking that this world, not for one second, that this world system can save us. It's a house of cards, folks, that's about to come crashing down. Your foundation, our foundation, has to be built on operating according to God's principles. That's what the kingdom is. The kingdom is simply this doing things God's way. Now, bearing in mind that 99% of the counsel that God's going to give us in His Word as to how not, not to be shaken, not to be fearful, is diametrically opposed to any political party's manifesto and the world's way of thinking. Chances are, if the world says, do this, do completely the opposite. That's where God's going to look after you. You see, the kingdom of God and those who operate by kingdom principles will only, sorry, will be the only ones who make it through all of this. Everything is being shaken, folks. Everything right now. But we need not fear because the ruler of this kingdom not only rules over us, but loves us. He loves us. I think somebody needs to hear that tonight. Jesus loves you. He's made provision for you. And I don't care how far you think you've wandered out of the kingdom, you can come back with a simple prayer tonight and I'm gonna help you with that a bit later. So, who is the only person that will not be shaken? What type of person is the one that is not going to be shaken now during this time? Go with me to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15. Let's see what the Bible says. He says this, do not love the world, all the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16. For all that is in this world, the lust of the flesh, 
the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of this world. And the world is passing away. And the lust of it, can someone say, thank God. Not only is this world passing away, but this incessant lust that many of us during a time of weakness entertain because the things of the world look so good. The Bible says that's gonna be done away with. Can you imagine how wonderful it's gonna be the day when you're no longer tempted? Can someone say, thank you, Jesus? It says, and this world is passing away in the lust of it. But he, well, he who does the will of God abides forever. So in the Lord's prayer, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We've spoken about kingdom, about being locked in. Now it says, those who do the will of God abide forever. Little children, the Bible says, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Now world in that verse, in the Greek actually means a social system. So the Lord is saying the type of person that is gonna be immovable during this time is the one who is not dependent upon the social system that the, that the devil has created. It's impossible, the Bible continues to say, to love the world and operate in the love of God and the love, and the love of God towards others at the same time, the more we long and pine for the things of the world, the more selfish we will become and the more difficult it will become to come to church and to serve. The more worldly people in the church become, the better excuses they manage to make about why they can't serve, what they can't do, and why they can't commit. So who is the only unshakable person today? That Bible verse clearly tells us that only he who is totally sold out to the will of God will be unshakable. You see folks and young people, if you wanna be successful in the future, in this currently collapsing world system, you have to make a decision tonight along with me and everyone else that you are unreservedly gonna submit yourself to the will of God. And do you know why I say this? I say this because there are only two things that are eternal and immovable. One is the kingdom of God and the other one is the will of God. The moment you align yourself with the will of God, listen to this, I've said everything I've taught this weekend for you to remember this statement, that the moment we align ourselves with the will of God, we become as immovable as His will itself. The will of God is eternal. It is immovable and it is unshakable. And as believers decide in their hearts to align themselves with the will of God, we become as immovable as God's will itself. So the question isn't this, will we make it through this or not? The question should be, will I choose God's will for my life over and above my own? Will I follow His kingdom manifesto? Will I follow His manual? or will I follow my own? That's the question each and every one of us needs to ask ourselves. So I've dealt with the first one, and the first point was this, if you missed in this morning, was that we need to trust in God's eternal counsel. Secondly, we need to align our life, our life priorities with God's priorities. 
And now the third one is that we need to maintain right priorities. Why? Because our priorities really are what decide our life. You can easily determine what your top priorities are by what you make time for. I'll let that simmer a little bit. You can easily know what your priorities are with regards to your family, with regards to your finances, with regards to your vocation, with regards to your ministry, by what it is you make time for. One of the things we've done in the ministry over here several times when Pastor Johnny wants to assess the productivity of the ministry, he gets us to do a time and motion study. And it's not to make us accountable to write down every half an hour what you've been doing, but it helps us at the end of the day, specifically at the end of the week, to tabulate our time and say, I didn't know I was wasting so much time. Or I didn't realize I'd been working so hard on one thing that really isn't a priority. We can easily determine our top priorities by evaluating where we spend our time. Whatever you give your time to is a pretty good indication of where your priorities lie. And in Matthew 6 and verse 33, Jesus said this. If you seek his kingdom first, he said, I will take care of every need in your life. If you seek my way of doing things first, I will take care of every need in your life. Even during current world events, let's not allow what's happening around us to get in us. Can I be, get an amen? Then fourthly, we need to determine to separate ourselves. Now this is where it gets a bit tougher, but thank God for His grace. This is a very powerful portion of scripture and I'm coming in to land this plane in Titus chapter two from 11 through 14. I'm gonna allow the word as I read this just to do its work in you. Listen to what the spirit of God says concerning where we find ourselves. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. And now notice this, and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one despise you. You see the text over here clearly says that Jesus will purify his people. That's good news, right? But there is a flip side to this coin. And the flip side is found in 1 John Chapter three, verses one to three. This is what the Bible says. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Behold, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, 
for we shall see Him as He is and everyone, here we go, listen to this, and everyone who has this hope in Him purifies Himself just as He is pure. God has made a commitment to purify us according to the first portion of Scripture in 1 John. But then, sorry, not in 1 John, in Titus. But then he goes on to say that there is a responsibility on our lives also to purify ourselves. I'm talking about who is going to be the immovable and the unshakable believer during these times. So if we claim, if we claim to be looking forward to the coming of our Lord without honestly desiring to purify ourselves. The personal responsibility that we have to say no. No to sin. No when we are tempted. Remember earlier on, we read that scripture that says grace teaches us. The same grace that saved us is the same power that, we, that gives us to say no. I'm not doing that anymore. And I don't know about you guys, but in this season of what's going on right now, I've become more conscious and more aware of areas of compromise in my own personal life. And I'm saying, listen, as a believer, I'm not going down with this world. I'm not disqualifying myself from living in God's kingdom in all five areas of my life. I suppose mostly that's what this message has been birthed out of. So if we claim to be looking forward to the coming of our Lord without a desire for purifying ourselves, we're deceived. The mark, the mark of those waiting for the coming of the Lord is a constant conscious yearning for a greater degree of purification. I can sense God is pulling and speaking to everyone as I read these verses. If you said to me, Pastor Andre, that's works, let me read something in Isaiah chapter 52 and verses 11. Isaiah the prophet encourages Israel and he says, run away, run away, get away from there, meaning Babylon, which is a type of the world. Do not touch anything unclean. Get away from it. Make yourselves pure. You Levites who carry the utensils for the Lord's temple. God has called us to our highest standard, folks a higher standard. And I guarantee if you will make this commitment along with me and many others upon hearing this message and make sure that you are properly seated in the kingdom of God in all five areas, not living in fear, I promise you, like me, a peace will come over you, a calm, knowing that because we're in the kingdom and we've aligned ourselves with the will of God for our lives and we know His will is service, that we will not be able to be shaken. So what is my next steps? What do I want to conclude this message with? Pastor Andre, where can I position myself in His kingdom to ensure that I fulfill God's will for my life? That's what Christian Family Church is all about. There is no insignificant area of service here. We need everybody. You need to position yourself to grow. First and foremost, not by sitting on your couch, not by attending church but becoming a member, participating. Position yourself for accountability. God knows we need accountability. Never follow anyone who's not following someone. Never be accountable to anyone who's new themselves is not accountable to someone. Position yourself for discipline. 
Listen, I've always said, you know why God made me dean of a college? Because he knew I wouldn't enroll on one. So he made me one. I had to study. God's always put me in a position where I forced because I need that discipline. I think that's why God never called me to plant a church and called me to serve Apostle Theo and Pastor Bev until they die. I've been doing it for 25 years and I'm quite comfortable with that. So position yourself for discipline. Many of you are wondering what step next to take. Enroll on Bible college. Enrollment is happening right now. You may not be the kind of person who disciplines and studies the Word of God. You never wake up in the morning thinking to yourself, what do I do next? Where do I sacrifice next? What temptations are coming my way today that I'm prepared to say no to? Perhaps Bible college is exactly what you need. Position yourself for connection. <laughs> I'm not just talking about online. I'm talking about here in church. Make sure you come here. Do the growth track. Get connected here. Serve on the dream team. Make sure that people, listen to me. <laughs> we all want to depend on people. But how about for a change? We allow people to, to depend on us. Put yourself in a position where people depend upon you. And guess what? The seed you sow is what you'll reap. And soon enough, you'll find people that you can depend on. We all want to depend on people. But how about us making... So position yourself for connection. Position yourself for dependability. Position yourself to make a difference. Position yourself to find freedom. To become a better version of yourself through the grace and mercy of Jesus. We will take you on that road right here at CFC as you discover freedom. And then finally, position yourself to know God better on a regular basis. Attend church. Don't skip it. Don't miss it. And make sure you contribute. You're a kingdom person. You know, when you walk down the road, people should say to you, listen, that guy is from somewhere else. He doesn't dress like the world. He doesn't talk like the world. He doesn't save his finances like the world. He doesn't watch what the world watches. He doesn't speak like the world speaks. I wonder what planet that guy is from or that girl is from. I don't know about you, but that's how I want to stick out for Jesus. So won't you pray this prayer with me? All of those of you that are going to commit with me today to this message, as we've spoken about how to keep it together in a world that's falling apart. Come on, let's make a recommitment early in January this year. It's a fresh start. Let's all make a fresh start right now. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. And I pray for each and every person listening to this series. Thank you, Lord, that you have made a way for us to be secure during the calamity that the world currently finds itself going through, we can be secure. If only we will live in your kingdom according to your principles and align ourselves with your will. Today, Lord, we will settle for nothing less. In Jesus' name today, we recommit ourselves in this month of January to a fresh start, a fresh perspective. No longer will we fear, for we know, Lord God, to fear would mean to doubt that your kingdom is eternal, and that your will is unshakable. No longer will we doubt, but we know that we are part of this, in, this unbelievable kingdom that you have given us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name. Won't you just bow your heads with me and pray with me, Christians. If you're watching this broadcast, streaming for the first time and you don't know Jesus, I wanna pray with you. I wanna pray that you would receive Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior. Before He'll come in though, you have to repent of your sin. You have to say, Father, forgive me. I've run my own life. Now I'm giving my life over to you. 
That's what the Bible says in Luke 13, verse five. Unless we repent, we will all likewise perish. Repentance means to change our mind and to change our actions. If that's you and you're saying, Jesus, I need to be changed, pray this prayer with me. Say this, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I've been outside of your kingdom and I've been outside of your will. Tonight I ask that you would forgive me, that you would cleanse me. I align my will with yours tonight. Forgive me for all of my sin. Welcome me into your kingdom that is immovable and unshakable. Lord, I promise to love you and to serve in your kingdom faithfully because your cause has now become my cause. I long for the day when I can see you face to face. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, for giving your life so that I may live. Amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.